Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelist. I'm Will, that's Blake, and today we're here to talk some zombie madness with The Last of Us episode 2. Um, actually, it's not accurate to describe them as zombies. Uh, <laughs> well, technically... <laughs> um, what defines a zombie? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they I mean, have been zombified, right? Yeah, I mean, I, that's, a, that's a good question, honestly, because I mean... I guess they're technically not zombies, but I'd put this show in the in the zombie genre. Well, you'd be wrong. No, I was kidding. <laughs> Would but you yeah. like a huge argument? <laughs> I'm done. Podcast done. Yeah. I'm um, out. Yeah. Welcome, you guys, to <laughs> our video. We're talking some goodness, some sweet goodness. That was this second episode. A lot of shows drop off after the pilot. I'd say True. not so with The Last of Us. No, yeah, agreed. I, I really enjoyed the second episode. Um, well, real quick before we dive into it, a uh, couple of quick announcements, which uh, I, don't know the, I don't know the overlap here in our audiences, but sure. for those of you that uh, watch Critical Role that are watching The Legend of Vox Machina at the time of Blake and I recording this, um, the next set of episodes of Vox Machina are about to drop. and We are going to be having a watch party in our Discord, so if that interests you, Join the Discord. There should be a link in the description box below. Um, also, the new uh, Critical Role Campaign 3 comes back tonight. So I'm excited for that. And um, get some more nightmare fuel of, uh, of uh, old, yeah. old Granny. Old Granny <laughs> Morgan. Grandpa Mori. I'm, ex I'm excited to find out. So a lot happening tonight. Um, I thought I had something else to mention, but I, I don't know what it is. So I guess that's it. Unless you've got anything. I got nothing. All right. Just like just like life. <laughs> Don't you have kids? <laughs> uh, but okay, yeah. So now getting back on track. Um uh, yeah, I liked the episode a lot. We both were very high on the pilot. Um mm -hmm. and like you right. said, it that does happen a lot. You know, a lot of resources, a lot of time will go into making a pilot. Not not in this show's case, because obviously Oh, okay, I'm. Tr I want to make a point here, but it doesn't apply to The Last of Us, so maybe I shouldn't. But generally, you know, shows they'll make pilots and then they will try to sell the pilot without right. having any season guaranteed, right? So right. a lot of times there will be a lot of thought, effort, and you know, money put into a pilot, and it's like, oh, this was awesome, and then the next episode sucks. So right. didn't happen here. Um, or or to, and I hate that this has become like our analogy for comparisons of the last of us, but Lord of the Rings <laughs> rings of power watching after episode one, which episode one, what I wouldn't call it anywhere near last of us episode one, but it was enough to pique my interest. And I remember watching episode two thinking I'm willing to give it a chance. This, this, this yeah. did enough for me as a kid that I'm willing to give it a chance Whereas with The Last of Us, episode two, it was like, bro, bro, we are feasting on yeah. some Last of Us. Like this, this was a good episode um, with some emotional, emotional highs in it as well. Yeah. 
And I feel like I feel like the more time that goes on, like the harsher and harsher we're we're looking back at the Rings of Power. Um, well, and honestly, like having watched the Rings of Power, I I liked watching it. I'm glad I did. Um, I I don't bear any ill will towards it. It's just like it's like what's like the meme of like the guy like looking back. I just think of like now that we're next <laughs> yeah, yeah. To great we're next to greatness of The Last of Us so far you know not to get too ahead of ourselves yeah it, it's just easy to expose some of the flaws of amazon's billion dollar show no 100 percent, 100 percent. and we talked about this last time but it's just you can tell right when you can tell when like there really is passion going into it and uh yeah last of us has it and i um i agree this this second episode it kind of all right. Well, since we're basically jumping into it, one thing that I really liked about it, in addition to you know the things you just mentioned, um, like rest in peace, Tess, uh, was how we're getting the what's the word I'm looking for here? The it, it's new. It wasn't in the game, but like this new, I guess backstory yeah. is the word I'm looking for for how the infection started. Yeah. Um, like that scene with the the mycologist or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's like an example of like a great change to make from the source material while still yeah. like honoring it, you know, an extremely atmospheric tone setting. Um, I this this old sweet woman who had such granny energy, who you know that moment where. And by the way, guys, we we did just put up a um, reaction video to watching this through. Um, which we're still working out our reaction videos because it's like a total nightmare getting through like the copyright strikes. Um, yeah. So apologies that it's not super easy to watch in that regard. But if you've seen the episode, you'll know the parts we're talking about. But um, yeah, when he, the general is like, what do we do? And I'm thinking she's going to be like, pray. You know, what's, the cliche, what's the cliche thing, you know? Like the cliche, like whatever it is, right? Um, but instead, bomb bomb the city and everyone in it yeah like not only is she a granny but she's just like a research scientist you wouldn't think that like that's where she would go first but i mean obviously it's such a a device to show us how bad this is um yeah yeah. the fact the fact yeah that she was a this amazing um i don't know if it was like a researcher professor i think they said like professor of mycology um the fact that she went straight there, it's like there was literally no hope. Like yeah. there was no chance. And even I love the detail um, of whenever she asks who else is, is anyone missing from work? And they've already said that uh, the person who bit the woman is, is missing and then 14 workers are gone and she just gets silent and she's putting her tea down and like her hands are shaking. Yeah. You know, I just was like, like the little nuance of that. And by the way, did you know Neil Druckmann uh, directed this episode? No, I didn't. Yeah, know, was, I didn't pick this, up on that. This was his directorial debut, and they asked him on I can't remember what podcast it was, but he was being interviewed, and they said, "Hey, what was it like to, you know, do your directorial debut on HBO for your your life's work?" And he said it was the highlight of his life. Mm. Which and it was a great episode too, by the way. Yeah, he, you wouldn't have been able to tell it was someone's first time. I mean. The game was so well directed also, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, 
not that anyone thinks he's lying, but I believe it. Like that, that has to be one of just the coolest experiences to, yeah. to create. I mean, he already had a one of the most lauded games of all time, so it's not like he, right. you know, came from nothing in that regard. But it must be just so cool to get to like take this story that just existed in your mind and then get to like literally help craft it into mm-hmm. this big screen experience, which is kind of similar to what is has been happening with the critical role people like i just imagine that's such a cool feeling you know uh, that I, I don't know if there's much better than that to take something that like you're you where passion meets expertise you know so I'm kinda... speaking of just a small thing about critical role i saw a comment that was like um do you think liam o'brien's being like this was the best birthday present ever right <laughs> how Man. much money and success it brought them <laughs> It's just wild to me. Good thing you wanted to play D and D. Like, so crazy how such like a little thing could completely change, yeah, your life and lots of people's lives. And that's the point of the podcast today. Is you never yep. know. We're launching a we're launching a Kickstarter to create yeah. the uh, the Pixelist <laughs> yeah. podcast animated show. I didn't know where we were go- you were going with that actually, but I was like, yes, we are. <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, getting back to the Last of Us though, um, man, so much great tone setting with that intro and honestly that same tension really lasted through the whole episode um the episode as a whole was it's funny how like an hour goes by and you feel like you've just it's like actually i think it was like towards the end we still had like 10 minutes left like after they got out of the museum and i was like dude i don't know if i can i don't know if i can do any more of this (laughs) because i i also suspected we were heading towards tess's death because that was the next big I've kind of lumped, um, kind of lumped the story into like big story strokes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like we're going to see Bill and Frank uh, next episode, um, and then there's a big moment. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to spoil it for people who are watching and maybe haven't played the game. Uh, there is a big gut wrenching moment coming as well shortly after that. That I think I don't think we'll get next episode, but for sure by the fourth episode. Okay, interesting because I I played the game, but it's been back whenever the game first came out. Like that's when I played it. So is that like over a decade at this point? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But so I I obviously knew Tess died. I didn't remember exactly when that happened, but um I knew it was early. But like uh, I, other than that, like I don't even I don't know what moment you're talking about. Like that's coming, and I don't remember who Bill and was it Bill and Ted, Bill and Frank. <laughs> Bill and Ted's Bill excellent. And Ted is something else, yeah, yeah. Keanu is in the next episode, yeah. so I don't remember who either of those characters are. And I'm sure, like, once I get introduced to them, I'll be like, "Oh yeah." But like, I kind of have enjoyed, you know. Obviously, I know the grand strokes of yeah. the story, but I've kind of enjoyed like having forgotten. And I, I've yeah. been on the fence of like, should I go like remind myself, or should I just experience it again? I'd say stay pure, man. Yeah. You know, well, you stay wouldn't. pure and. I have though. I haven't read anything, and we don't we don't watch any of like next time on Dragon Ball Z. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I think I think in it's actually because these, um, which Craig Mazin so great at at creating cinema cinema cinematographic. Well, that's a word. The content he creates. I mean, think about. Um, and I go. You. Di- I know you didn't see it, but um, uh, Chernobyl. Oh man, Chernobyl. So intentionally, perfectly. You know, every episode, I'm not gonna call it a bottle because that means something else, but like 
encapsulates such a great experience mm-hmm. um, that I almost, that's partly why I don't want to watch like the next time teasers is because, um, you know, it's just, I just want to go in so pure and just enjoy for what it is. And, and so far I'm really happy with how it's turned out for episodes one and two. Same. And quick soapbox moment. I hate that they do that in shows. Like, why are you? Yeah. Why? Like, I understand like trailers and, you know, that's a whole different subject on trailers that give too much away. Nobody likes that. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. (laughs) Yeah. But those aside, I'm talking about specifically teasers. Like for the like, if you're watching a show, you're not episode two. At the end of episode two, they give you a teaser for episode three. That's like that's essentially a trailer. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, I'm already watching this show. Like, don't ruin it. I get it in like in terms of like, you know, the 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 culture we live in. It's like you got to keep, you know, the dopamine coming to get people to keep watching. But that's it drives me crazy. Or like, have you seen the the trailer of the trailer that you're about to watch? Like, have you seen that? Oh, when it opens up and it's like, yeah. do, 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 and yeah. it's like a couple of scenes and then it like, whoom, and then the trailer opens. starts. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Anyway, yeah, sorry, love, I just, I'll get off my, my soapbox. But yeah. in case you're wondering how Will felt about, <laughs> about teasers, now you know. I think, I think there's never going to be any reason for them to do away with it because it's great for like the ultra casual. Like, let's be real, man. We are like hardcore media you know devourers yeah. like yeah. when we commit to marvel D, last of us like we're all in uh, legend of Vox mock legend of Vox machina you know i think about like just the casual person out there who sees the teaser and is like yeah okay i'll watch it but then another even if that wasn't the case the fact that our youtube culture is so and i'm not saying this isn't a bad thing but is so into what if I said this as a bad thing? So into breakdowns, which is so <laughs> stupid. You know, like who's gonna break down something? Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> people, life. Who spend, people who spend day after day after day. Um, but no, I'm thinking about like now. I'm seeing like the the teaser breakdown. Like, what are the mm-hmm. things we saw in the teaser, and what could this mean? And and I think that's fun for some people. But I think regardless of the fans who are either watch it or don't watch it, I think the media companies have realized this creates so much spin for us that yeah. we got to keep got to keep doing it yeah that's fair that's 100 percent fair i i just dislike it but <laughs> mo- moving on from that yeah uh, it's like 20 more minutes later no see here's why they do it will you're like i get it i just don't like it don't you love that when you meet someone who like you share an opinion and they're like well hang on let's and you're just like i just I just don't care, you know, like, and I actually, it makes me think of, this is so like, this is like the biggest like rabbit trail ever, but, um, <laughs> That's what just, we're here for. so I don't offend anyone. I, I'm, I'm a Christian myself and I was talking to someone else who was also a Christian and, and this is like a really common like stereotype in like Christianity is like, how old is the world? And this person was doing like a, like one of those people who's like, you know, the world is only like, you know. 5,000, 6,000 years old. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what do you think? And I was like, well, I, you know, I have like a pretty deep science background. So I was like, you know, I don't know. I said, I'm very comfortable with the world being like 40 billion years old. Yeah. And she was like, well, hang on, we need to talk about this. And then finally I got to the point where I was like, I, I just don't care. I mean, that's just my <laughs> opinion. And she was like, well, how could you not care? And I was like, I just, I just don't, I just don't <laughs> care. Um, so that's my random segue for leading us to nowhere i guess so <laughs> no no it 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 was appropriate because i get it you know those people that just like can't let it go yeah and i guess i guess maybe it's a tiny segue is like people who've watched the show 
who have a harsher opinion about it because I have seen these, some of these pop up on YouTube, like everything wrong with the last of us. And really? I, I do think, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I do think some of this is, I don't want to say it's disingenuous. I just think like the hate bandwagoning, like let's talk Velma, for example. Um, yeah. like there's absolutely like a, and I haven't seen Velma. I'm never going to watch it. I have no opinion <laughs> on it. I'm just, just as an example though. There's real momentum with hate bandwagoning, though. Mm -hmm. And so, like, being the hipster, being, you know, whatever, you know, here's everything wrong with The Last of Us, that's going to get you clicks regardless. And again, I'm not saying it's disingenuous, but there's always going to be that. But point being, right. you know, if someone's watching the show and they're like, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't like it. It doesn't do it for me. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, what are we talking about? What I am know. I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Where am I right now? <laughs> Uh, I don't Who know. Are you? We, I, I got us off track, and now we're this just in the classic pixel list. By the way, if you guys are watching <laughs> us for the first time, like we're we we kind of just see where where the journey's going to take us. It's like That's that right. Michael Scott quote. Like sometimes I start talking, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where it's going to take me by the end of it. So <laughs> that's that's the beauty of of the show, man. Yeah. Which, um, speaking of shows, yeah. <laughs> Nice. The Last of Us. Nice. <laughs> That's uh, a different show. Have you seen? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, to, to move back toward the show, um, I, didn't I don't remember where we were exactly, but it, I, I don't think it matters. So I'm going to start us off on a new track. A few different times during the episode, I caught myself being like, this is the video game. And I love that they're like including those moments, not in a corny way, not in a like, you know, but in a good way. Um, specifically, I think I even said this while you and I were watching it. And I don't even know if this happened during The Last of Us. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like moments that evoke kind of video game. Um, when they came in the hallway and the, and the path was blocked and it's like, oh, yeah. well, we got to we got to, you know, pivot now. We got to do something else. I was like, oh, yeah, that's so video game. And then uh, it might have even been episode one. For this next example but when they are like crouched up behind the car you know and like peeking above and stuff i was like oh that's so like you know press crouch button so you hide behind this type of thing it was uh very evocative of that for me and i just appreciate it i mean i don't think they did it like i don't think they're sitting there in the writer's room being like we need we need two more video game moments to insert yeah. here um but i i, I will you know I don't know. What yeah, I'm I will yeah, say <laughs> a really tiny, less about video games in general, but something that made The Last of Us feel so great as a game was how, depending on the difficulty you played it on, was how sp sparse resources were, especially bullets. Yeah. And so yeah. you would go into a section of content with like only six bullets, and it was like, okay, like, what am I going to do here? I feel like they really captured that well um with in two ways i loved how joel in firing the gun was missing like you know and it's kind of the walking dead effect where like every person they find and rescue is now like an expert marksman you know i think like one of the early scenes with like carl where like you know carl's like 10 years old and he's like pew and like zombie's head explodes you know, yeah. and so I really appreciated Joel, who's presumably like this 20 plus year. We actually assume he's a veteran, a war veteran from episode one, the bumper sticker on the back of his truck. Um, so a well, war veteran. Not yeah. that this is that Tommy's truck. Not that's what I was going to say. I don't know. It could be Tommy's truck. It's not really an important distinction for what you're saying, but 
just throwing it out there. Could be Tommy's truck, but also Tommy's not driving it, which, you know, maybe right. Tommy's eating chicken wings. Who knows? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he pulled those out earlier in the episode. So, so who knows? But even, even in spite of that, 20 years smuggling um, post-apocalypse has had to probably handle a weapon a multitude of times. He right. even tells Ellie that he's killed, um, you know, a, an innumerable amount of clickers and what infected, excuse me. Um, but in that moment of panic and adrenaline, you know, fires off and, you know, misses the head or hits the torso. And, you know, I just found myself thinking like, shoot him in the head, shoot him in the head. And I was like, no, this is great. Right. And then again, a few uh, in that museum sequence when he's behind a wall and he's like emptying the shells and he's like putting them in one by one just felt very, um, not just realistic, but also true to the game. And yeah. unlike a lot of games where, you know, the magazine's endless, you mm -hmm. know, it's just never an issue. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That scene was, was so, was so awesome. Even dating back to when they like first walked up to that building and they could see that it was like covered with the, the fungus or whatever. I think you and I, and I guess you could you could probably see this in the reaction for those of you that watched it, but we were both like just like on the edge of our seat. And I remember like yeah. going into areas like that in the game, being like, "Oh, I don't want to go this way. Like, why do I have to go yeah. this way?" Yeah. And um, they just it was handled so well. And like I was just saying earlier about how I don't really remember the the details of the game since it's been so long. Did Tess die in that in like that same way? I don't not I don't know if no. they like went through a museum like that in the game necessarily, but I couldn't remember exactly uh, what happened. I think happened. The, I think the museum's is is just a show detail. Um, in the game, it, it it they make their way to I think the state house maybe or something, and the fireflies aren't fireflies aren't there. In fact, in fact, I think maybe um, I think maybe they I think my kiddo's knocking on the door. Um, <laughs> No worries I think if they you get did. there, and the, I think the fireflies had either. I don't think they were dead. I think they had moved on. Maybe I'm not quite sure. Um, can you can you hear my kid? Not really. I can hear. Okay. She has her background. face in the crack, the crack <laughs> under the door, saying, "Dad, Dad, are you there?" <laughs> anyway, so I'm gonna get this sentence out. So I think in the game, either they had moved on, or maybe they had died, like in the in the show. But then Fedra is swarming the place, okay. and so. But she has been bit, though. Mm. And so she dies sort of fending off Fedra. Um, okay. But I loved how they did it in the show. I mean, I think I think it brings the focus back to just the chaos of the world. Because um, Fedra, in the game, it made sense. But, like, and again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but, like, Fedra as an antagonist is so localized to Boston right. that it, I think it'd be kind of a distraction for the audience to have there's Fedra again. Like, are they going to yeah. show up again later or mm -hmm. anyway? I don't know. Especially since we kind of already got them in episode one. Right. I like that now in episode two, we're kind of getting more introduced to this. I don't really want to call them zombies, but infected, oh, the, I guess. Yeah. Zombie behavior. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I, uh, and not, not that this was anything new for the show, but I just love the, the character development of Tess because you know she's this hardened smuggler and her and Joe have, Joel have only been out basically for themselves in this life which you kind of have to be in this apocalyptic world but it takes like her getting bit and realizing that like I'm going to die like what has my life even amounted to and and I'm projecting a lot but I think this is fair 
and that turning into, well, I can still do something. I can be part of the reason the world is saved if, if we can get this girl where she needs to be. Um, so that, that in my mind, that's why she kind of has that. Not, I'm not saying she like was just going to shoot Ellie in the head before she got bit or anything, but I feel like that really was the impetus to her being like, Joel, you have to do this. Um, yeah, and I, I loved, I loved the, um, in the similarity. I mean, similar, that's not even the right word. Um, the difference between Tess before the museum and Tess after. Mm-hmm. Um, just like her urgency to get to the state capitol building, grabbing Ellie and like rushing up the stairs, like knowing that she's bit, it really makes sense. But yeah, I think you nailed it in like her final kind of sentences of like, Joel, this is real and showing showing the arm of Ellie to Joel yeah. uh, and then just pleading with them. Like, let's, let's make up for all the things we did, which isn't mentioned. You don't get much of that fleshing out in the game. Um, and it kind of begs you to wonder like, what, what did Joel and Tess do in their past? We don't know when they met, but in the last 20 years, what are some of the things they had to do? And we also know Tess adding on to that Tess tells Ellie earlier in the episode um, don't think it's from the game. Uh, we're not good people. Mm-hmm. So just kind of further honing home that they've, they've done things they're not proud of. Yeah. Which is just a great, uh, well-written character, right? Like not heroes aren't all just, or protagonists all, aren't all just like paragons of virtue. And, uh, I think th- this is way more interesting characters to do it this way. And also it just makes sense for this type of world, right? Like you're not going to be able to just get by with your hands completely clean um in that while we're talking about this um well two things one the freaking way they're doing the zombies is just so gross and like a good way but the little like the kiss with the like uh like do you think it it knew that she was infected because it like they weren't like swarming her to kill her like it was more of like a I don't so know. I actually read I read an interview from Craig Mazin about this because um, they asked him, and actually there was even some criticism, which we need to talk a little bit about the criticism before the end of the show. Um, but there was some criticism on how, you know, why did they do this? This is this never happens in the game. Obviously, it'd be weird if it did. <laughs> um, and like, what was the reasoning for it? Well, mm-hmm. Craig Mazin was being interviewed, and he basically said, you know, our intention was you know, you've seen like the brutality of the virus, but like what's, what was sort of like the peaceful infection of the virus, like people who sort of like gave up and let themselves go to the virus. Mm. Um, and so they said that was the origin of the thought behind it. Like rather than Tess just getting like murdered, like what was another way they could portray it if she just like let herself go. Um, but then they said that, I think to quote him, he said, that then bore the nightmare born from that was born the nightmare fuel of the scene we came up with yeah. with the kiss which was intended to be to feel violating it was intended to feel you know extremely disturbing and they they nailed it i think i mean it was i think if you check our reaction video we were both just like you know <laughs> um and i love the detail of, you know she's and a, and a lot of like apocalyptic stuff you know, the person's, um, you know, flicking the lighter and it like doesn't have like the oil or whatever. It's, it's yeah. a sparse, spar- sparse resource, sparse resource, spare. Re- I don't know what I'm saying. Um, again, go yeah. back to the realism of the time or of the show. Um, but I, I saw another great um, theory that since the infection had started at her neck, she didn't have 
you know, probably more than half an hour from the original point and that it was affecting her motor skills, which we mm. saw a few scenes earlier were handshaking. Right. And so when she's trying to flick it, it's, she can't quite get it. Mm. Um, cause she's losing herself basically. Yeah. Um, so I like that nice little detail. detail. Yeah. I like that. And so just to make sure I'm clear on this, it, the way it was kind of, they were kind of ignoring her except for the one that was going towards her wasn't because they could sense she was already infected. It was because she wasn't resisting and they were just like, that's, that's the idea behind it. Yeah. And I think it's also, I I think it's, it's a little bit of both. It's that. And I think the first batch running through like, didn't, didn't Didn't see her. her, her. I think, I think that when the, the, in the backdrop where you see the, the figure of the one stop and turn to her is when, they notice her, but then also notice that she, she is, yeah, not resisting. That's kind of terrifying to think they have that, like that level of awareness. And, and I don't know if intelligence is the right word, but like, you know, to make, be able to make those types of distinctions of like, okay, we don't have to brutally tear you apart. We can just do this, let the disturbing kiss way. It's also kind of like nature, right? Like organisms all over have like a sense of like the predatory nature of things. And, you know, if your purpose, I'm just thinking of, if the path, what conserves energy and is like the path of least resistance. Yeah. Um, if this thing's giving themselves up to you, it obviously makes sense to, um, infect them in that way. Um, I don't, I hope, I don't think, I hope we don't see anything else like that again. Yeah, probably will. <laughs> but yeah, that whole scene was amazing by the way. Um, like literally insane, which we had already, we had already come off the wild ride of the museum. Uh, and so then going into that whole thing with Tess's plea to Joel, I think Pedro Pascal did an amazing job. Anna Torf did an amazing job. Um, it was just, it was an emotional scene, especially when Joel finally decides to take Ellie and he just grabs her and pulls her out. And she's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, so that, that was a moment. He doesn't say, anything to her he doesn't say bye you know doesn't say i love you not that i expected him to say that but i think it right i think it speaks volumes that he didn't and uh i think it just shows that you know this is a person that again we don't know how long they've been together but they're at least have they're at least living together presumably sleeping together and have they are are like this sorry i've been like deep diving this stuff anna torf confirmed in an interview that they are lovers yeah. Um, so they are sleeping together. They are living together. Anyway, con- continue. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, and he just like like we just said, he doesn't. He just takes Ellie and runs. There's not even a like, th- like, Thanks not even a, a bye. <laughs> like, not even a yeah. You know, I'm sorry. Right. Um, which I think just you know speaks volumes about Joel's character. Like he's still ever since losing Sarah, he's been. Mm completely walled off he doesn't even have that for this woman he's been sharing his life with you know um it's just sad but i think it it makes for an amazing moment there um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it really was it really was yeah and anna torv the whole episode was just amazing um the acting has been incredible i Mm -hmm. think it's been amazing i mean there's been some scenes that i think in our reaction i was like they had they'd have some communication and it'd be like Dude, these people are awesome. Um, I'm loving Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Yeah. Um, I thought I, one thing I loved about her in this episode was, you know, we saw this um, 
you know, rebellious kid in the first episode. And we got more of that in the second episode and her and Joel having these really great, um, I love when she's flipping the knife and Joel's like, where'd you learn to do that? And she's like the circus. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, he says that, and, uh, Anatorf, uh, Tess is from Detroit and he's like, it's in Michigan. And she's like, I can read, a, I know a map. I go to school. Um, but so you have this, this one portrayal of her, but then once they get into the museum, like that moment where you see the panic on her face. And then also at the end, when Tess dies, that final scene where she looks up at Joel and Joel just uh, uh, un uh, unemotionally just turns and walks, continues on. And she looks back kind of like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, that's, like I just, I, I think that was so brilliantly directed, so perfectly acted. Like it, I just love it when you watch scenes where so much is being said without any dialogue. Like yeah. that is what acting should do. Yeah. Um, so Show those things it for me. Yeah. Uh, 100% agreed. And also the, and I, I'm shifting a bit, but on things that were good, which is basically everything we're talking about, the freaking set design and the, and the atmosphere and the aesthetic is so like on point, like pitch perfect, I think. And I'm excited That's to see more of what, and I'm, I'm curious how they did it. And I'm excited to see more of this world in this, the apocalypse aesthetic on on different areas of the world <clears throat> i think there's probably a lot of confidence that they have in their collaboration with hbo you know i get the impression from hbo that they, it's very much a uh it's kind of like how i feel with like sony and their independent developers that it's very much like yeah whatever resources you need like we will we'll help make it happen um and I think even what I read about the pilot episode was that it was originally only going to be an hour and HBO said like, Hey, we'd love for you to have the space to like breathe this out a bit. Like, can we add another half hour to it? Oh, um, wow. So I, I have a lot of confidence, com confidence with that relationship. Um, on like another show another big named <laughs> publisher, but <laughs> anyway. I've drugged them through the mud already enough. We'll, we'll talk more about them next week. Yeah, we've hit our quota episode. this week, but we'll be back at it yeah. next time. Um, I guys say, Rings of Power is not a bad show, okay? <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just not, it, 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 it had such potential that they didn't reach. Right. Um, right. But maybe season oh. two, I mean, I'm going to watch season two and I hope it's better. Um, yeah, cool. But sure. discussion for another time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. When we really like our shows. We just like if you guys who are looking for like a totally. I mean, I feel like I'm. I, I don't feel like I'm. I guess I am biased. But if you're looking for like you know hitting the highs and like I'm gonna play both sides and here's like the things that weren't. You're probably not gonna get that from like our kind of content because when we like a show, I mean, we really like it. Um, but when we don't like a show, I mean, we we're pretty honest about it, you know. Yeah. So we, yeah, we should like cover it. So I'd like to think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I mean honestly I think I'm trying to think if there's anything else I know I wanted to say about this. Um not, I don't have anything immediately. I don't know if you do. Um Yeah. I was just going to say that I also we've this might be a running theme as we talk about every episode, but um I read that they had um two actual last the last of us fans play the clickers in this episode. Oh, that's cool. And, um, I think it's, I think it's a great nod to the fans. You know, it's, it's unfortunate to do this again, the Witcher, which had sort of this unspoken vibe of like, 
or storylines around the fans are obnoxious, like they are, you know, kind of going against what we want to see happen here. Um, I just love the embracing of fandom and how, you know, the showrunners are very clearly like, which this is why it's so great that Neil Druckmann's part of the showrunning team. But yeah, let's get fans in who obviously love the game and who would understand like clicker, like the clicker movement was so, I thought on point. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's just nice. It's a nice detail. And again, just reasserts that they really care about the source material. Yeah, that is cool. I had, I had no idea. Also the, I think there's for something like this potential for it to be really, uh, what's the word? Corny's not the, the right word. But since I can't think of what I want to say, I'm just going to use it. The clickers and and future versions of Infected that we will assuredly see have have the easily could come off like terrible, but like the makeup and I thought everything was done really well. And I'm excited to see kind of I don't remember the names for the entities from the game, but I'm excited to see the the rest of these yeah. variations that we know there's, are going to come. There's um. <coughs> Excuse me. There's one other variation that I'm really eager to see what they do with it because it has potential for some jump scare mm-hmm. um, kind of material. But the let, just pointing out the one we saw in the trailer, I think it's called a bloater. I, I can't fully remember. Yeah, um, I, I was thinking boomer, but I it, bloater sounds better. I think, I think that's, boomer is Gears of War. Maybe that's what maybe that's <laughs> what it is. It's we know it's something, but yeah, we're talking about the, the same thing. One, that's the only one I'm a little hesitant. It's not the right word, but um, that corniness, like I'm one, I'm just wondering how they will pull that off because it feels like the the biggest opportunity for it to go either way. But so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do with it. And that that was the one that they kind of alluded to this episode, right? Uh, on the bridge when they were walking, and Ellie yes. was like, "Have you guys seen the one that explodes or whatever?" Was something like that? Yeah. Yeah, which I we may even be thinking of two different ones, um, or it could be like a show adaptation. I, I yeah. think in the game there was just the big one. I don't think there was like a, I don't think there was like a juggernaut type of one. I think there was in the sequel, hmm. but not in the previous. I honestly, I, I can't parse it, but well, I guess we'll just see and find yeah. out. But yeah, yeah, I love, I did love the foreshadowing though, which someone who doesn't play the game was probably like, because <laughs> they were like, I think Joel and uh, Tess were like, you shouldn't believe everything you hear, kid. <laughs> you know, kind of like, you know, that's just a made up story, but um, I think we're gonna get something like that. Yeah, which is interesting though, because did, were there, and not, not to get too in the weeds on this, because Ellie says one thing, and I think it's like they, they think it's silly, kind of. And then she says something else, and they share like a knowing look, like, oh, but that's true. Yeah, I think the first one, the silliness was like the city being overrun or something. And I think that's what they were like, you know. Yeah. Story, those are just stories or something. Yeah. But yeah, the second one, I think you're right. There was kind of like a, let's keep going. So. <laughs> and then we also got... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I got mine's random. In that, in that same conversation we got, um, which I think this will be an opener, I think it'll be an opener for one of the episodes, which seems like it's going to be a theme. Um, the mention of Riley well, wasn't mentioned, but asked about the mall scene, which was DLC for the original game. Right. Um, Riley, um, who went with her into the mall. Um, but questions, we got two questions. Um, one, um, were you there by yourself? And she said, yes. Uh, and then the second question of, do you have anyone who's going to come looking after you, a parent, a boyfriend, whatever? She was like, nope. 
So <laughs> I, I think that was just nice little, um, just a nice nod to what we might get as an intro later on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the only little thing I was going to say is that I, uh, I saw where, I guess it was in the end of episode one, but I don't remember exactly, but you can see the, uh, they're clickers, right? The ones that we saw in the museum are those clickers or no, Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. You can see a clicker on like the roof at the end of episode one or something. And that's a detail I missed when I was originally watching. Well, it it could have been a clicker. It could have been, I think it's called a stalker. Oh, well, yeah. Regardless of the name, I'm probably getting them wrong, but no, yeah, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I was mentioning earlier that I was like, I'm going to be really interested to see how they play this one type off. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So. Interesting. Because the stalkers are the ones that kind of hunt. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's nice. The, the, it'll be nice for the non-game players to kind of experience the variety of like the types of infected we're going to run into. Um because I remember like in The Walking Dead, for example, which just the sim- it's just like the simplest analogy for me. Yeah. Um, the Walking Dead, the Walking Dead are just the Walking Dead. Like you you just learn them as the right. show goes on. Um so I think it's nice that there's there's levels yeah, of there's danger. Some, some variety. These. Yeah. So I think makes more I mean, not to try to bring logic into a, a zombie situation, but I think it makes more sense to kind of have, especially over the course of decades that this thing would evolve in certain ways so i like that well anything else from the episode you want to talk about i don't think so um i was gonna just i don't know if there's even worth doing this but like i was just addressing the dumbest criticism i've seen so far yeah yeah um, and just throwing out some things to see how you'd react to it um so one of the first ones i saw is like these weird comments about the actors specifically i don't like bella ramsey's face but her acting's okay is a comment i read today what (laughs) i know exactly me too um so there was that i read i read um in the scene where they're, they're looking down and all the infected are laying on the ground apparently there were a couple of like naked people in there mm-hmm. uh, which i didn't even notice but someone like it, someone clipped it and was like oh look hbo needs to get their naked person quota in for the episode which i was like okay i mean if actually, that's, yeah as if that's like a, a joke like it's not a very good joke but if that's an actual like criticism then that's dumb well, and the show is pretty good if that's the worst, you know? Yeah. But, and then uh, I think a comment to that I saw was like, yeah, like when the world was ending, it's too bad people weren't all thinking, let me get my clothes on before, <laughs> you know, the apocalypse takes over. Uh, and then the third one that I saw, which I'm curious your reaction to this one, this is, I'd call it like a semi-criticism. Yeah. Um, someone said, I really dislike how HBO sticks to the Game of Thrones style intros. And someone else commented and was like, yeah, this the jakarta scene was too much game of thrones-esque for me um it's been a long time since i've seen game of okay thank you yeah that's what i was thinking too i haven't seen how we have neither one of us has seen house of dragons though or house of the dragon um so maybe that's more of a slight about comparing it to that i don't know but for me i just watched it and just watched it you know i was just like cool so they're talking about the the intro scene not the intro like graphic with like the fungus spreading out right. intro scene right 
why you even compare that to Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones is not the ones who invented that. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know that. And in fact, Lost had it first. Another yeah, great sure show. Like, I'm sure like a million shows have used that <laughs> device. Anyway, that's been today's stupid criticisms that I wanted to, uh, you know, address, I guess. Yeah. Thanks for that segment. Those people are need to go touch grass or something. Like, I don't know. Kind of makes you lose faith a little bit in humanity that like people get so mad about certain things. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, 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 and just to be clear, and I think I can speak for both of us here, we're not like you can criticize the show, like, and there are fair criticisms to be made, but people that just like invent something so that they have something like to say contrarily is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's it for me. Um, love the episode and I'm excited for episode three coming this weekend. Me too, man. Me too. I'm excited to meet Bill and Ted's excellent adventure meets <laughs> last of us. Yeah. Let us know in the comments, what you thought about the episode, um, what are you thinking so far about it? What do you love about it? Try to keep it as, um, spoiler free as possible for people who haven't played the game or just spoiler tag it. And that'd be totally fine uh we'll have more last of us content and also you might want to check out some of our other content we got a lot of currently a lot of D stuff my, my man will's been doing some amazing breakdowns of legend of vox machina which if you haven't watched that it's an animated show it's actually been the number one show on amazon um i think it was also maybe last year when the episode batches were dropping it kept bumping up to the number one show but certainly was last week when the uh season premiered so you guys yeah. can check that out so, and uh yeah that's that's all i got okay <laughs> see you later bye y'all